When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This is Asked and Answered. Questions. With Tom Opferman and Steelers Digest editor Bob Labriola. Labs has been quite the uh, past week for the Steelers. They got a win after their bye week over the Saints. They opened up the new Hall of Honor Museum. It's everything coming up Steelers in this past seven days. Yeah, the uh, you know the it, it is it was a nice week. You yes. know, in terms of a lot of a lot of things. Uh, and and one of the things you didn't mention was the uh, Hall of Honor uh, class of twenty twenty two was inducted, of course, uh, officially on. Saturday night, the night before the Saints game, and then presented uh, to the crowd at halftime uh, the following day at Acrisure Stadium. Um, and, you know, in the museum, you know, it's been something that's been in the in the works. Uh, I think the first meeting for that was July 2021. So it's been, I don't know, do the quick arithmetic, 15, 16 months uh, in the making. And, um, you know, it's... I, we've gotten a lot of good reviews on it. Um, you're our, our very own Mike Pursuta, uh, part of the DV Morning Show, the broadcast from the Hall of Honor Museum uh, last Friday. Right. Did the morning show from there. Uh, he referred to it as Disneyland for Steelers fans. And uh, yeah, there's a lot of things there to see. Um, a couple of interactive things. I think one of the highlight interactive things is going to be the broadcast booth where uh, fans can actually uh, submit their own call to one of the great plays in franchise history. <laughs> uh, and then you get a, <clears throat> after you finish doing it, you get the, uh, an email of the audio of your call with video of you making the call so that, um, you know, you can either have it uh, to show all your friends or have it to try and keep it off social media. <laughs> if, um, you know, it was something less than um, outstanding. But, um, you know, as I said, it's I think it's it's fun. It's informative. Um, and hopefully it's something that that Steelers fans enjoy. Let me just say this, though. Anyone interested in visiting it, go to the website yep. across the top nav bar. You'll see a link. It'll say Hall of Honor Museum. Click on that. And it'll take you to another, you know, icon. Click on book a tour, 
And that's the way you have to go. You can't just walk in. I mean, it's not like going. Um, <laughs> it's not the well, Smithsonian you know, down in D.C., right? right? You can't just stroll right. on it's, in. Yeah, because, you know, it's not so large that, you know, you could they could handle, you know, hundreds of walk-ins at any time of the day. So, you know, it is kind of more organized maybe is a better way to put it. And tours last an hour. So it gives everybody plenty of time to kind of see everything they want to see. Um, and it also allows, you know, for more fans to have an opportunity uh, to take part as well. Tours are Wednesday, or the museum's open to the public Wednesday through Monday, 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. Last tour of the day will be at 3 p.m. And of course, those days and hours are subject to change. But it's a great uh, thing for Steelers fans to go and witness, and it all benefits the Art Rooney Scholarship Fund. So it's going to a good cause as well let's get into the questions today on this edition of asked and answered we obviously start with a quarterback question our streak continues to stay alive and everybody in this town seems to be talking about kenny pickett the past 48 hours anyway so why why should we be any different sean williams from youngstown ohio asks while we're still in the rookie season of kenny pickett's career if we did end the season with a top five draft pick do we take a quarterback who was a higher draft grade just to have all options on the table or are we now fully committed to Kenny for the foreseeable future of his rookie contract? Yeah, um, you know, I'm not. A, uh, I'm, I would not be in favor of uh, picking a quarterback 20th overall, which is what the Steelers did to get Pen- Kenny Pickett, and then based on you know Sean's question, then using a top five pick in the very next draft on another quarterback. I mean, I, I just you know that's malpractice by the scouting department. Um, because if you weren't sure about the guy you picked 20th overall, you shouldn't have picked him 20th overall. Um, you know, because 20th overall is still, in my opinion, high enough where you're, you're picking a guy that you believe is going to develop into a quality NFL starter. Uh, you know, picks are too valuable. Premium picks in the first round are even more valuable than that. And to spend them, in back-to-back years on a position where only one guy plays at a time is just not its not the way to build a team. I mean, I understand the Arizona Cardinals did it recently. They drafted Josh Rosen 10th overall in 2018. Then they came back the next year with a new coach who had to have Kyler Murray, so they used the first overall pick on him in 2019. But, I mean, I just think that the Cardinals put themselves back as an organization by doing it that way. Um, and I would be opposed to the Steelers following uh, that path as well. And, hey, I mean, the jury's still out as far as Kyler Murray is concerned. It might not have even been a good choice even at that specific position for the Cardinals going back-to-back with first-round quarterback picks. Jeff Bankovich from Elizabeth Township, Pennsylvania. Let's say the Steelers have a losing record, but they finish with a 5-1 and one record against the NFC – or, excuse me, the AFC North Division. Would they qualify for the playoffs? Okay, um, every division sends one team, at least, into the playoffs, the team that wins the division. Now, to determine um, the uh, winner of the division, you got to get into the tiebreakers, okay, head-to-head, record version versus division opponents, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Now, but the tiebreakers don't come into play at all unless two or more teams are tied atop the division with the same overall record. So in, in the scenario here that Jeff paints, 
you know, five and one record within the division, but a losing record overall. I don't think the Steelers would be tied atop the in atop the division and overall record to you know to activate the tiebreakers. So, you know, based on the reality of the submission, I would say um, no, they would not qualify for the playoffs. But it has nothing. But it's only because their overall record wouldn't be good enough, as opposed to um, their good record in the division. If you understand what I mean. Yeah, it's not like conferences in college football, where that's really the only record that matters. You have to take your entire body of work into account in the NFL. Right. Yeah. Kevin Walter Meyer from Hampton, Virginia. Coach Mike Tomlin is taking a lot of heat for how bad this team is. After Terry Bradshaw retired, how bad was the team the following year? Well, Terry Bradshaw um, retired following the 1983 season. Okay, so the 84 Steelers would have been the first team um, that uh, the of the post-Bradshaw era. Uh, the Steelers still had some Hall of Famers left over you know, from the 70s on that 84 team. Um, but still, they the 84 Steelers struggled. They needed to win the last two games of the regular season uh, to qualify for the playoffs, and they did so by a combined nine points. They were 9-7 and seven and won the division to get into the playoffs. Then um, the Steelers went to Denver in the first round of those playoffs, where they were going to uh, play the uh, the AFC West champion Broncos, and I think that you know the Broncos and the fans in Denver had a little bit of the same disease that the '94 Steelers and Steelers fans had uh, in looking past <laughs> the San Diego Chargers, because everybody in Denver in '84 was talking about Dan Marino's Dolphins against John Elway's Broncos in the AFC championship game. But the Steelers managed to win there with a uh, very uh, run-heavy offense. But then the Steelers got to go to Miami uh, to play Dan Marino's Dolphins and got spanked (laughs) 45-28. So then in in three of the next four seasons, the Steelers were 7-9, 6-10, and 5-11. So, you know, losing that uh, first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback (laughs) – Uh, is not something that's easy to overcome. Chris Galloway from Fate, Texas. What are your thoughts on Chase Claypool being traded? i got to be honest. I'm surprised that a team was willing to give the Steelers more than they spent to draft Chase Claypool back in 2020. Yeah. Now, to refresh everyone's uh, memory, Chase Claypool was the 49th overall pick in the 2020 draft. That was the draft that the Steelers had traded their first-round pick to Miami for Minka Fitzpatrick the previous year, okay? So 49th overall, you know, you do a little arithmetic. The Steelers picked Claypool 17th overall in the second round. So, um, you know, unless the Bears turn it around in the second half of this season, I mean, it's a very good chance that their number two pick could be in the top ten. So um, that's, you know, when you use, you know, I've I've learned over the course of the years, scout slang. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them is he's good enough to win with. Uh, Another one is a godfather offer. Yes. That means it was one you couldn't refuse. And so 
that to me that that describes that Chase Claypool trade. Um, you know, and let's let's update everybody here because you know a lot of in the media it always seems like you know the guy gets ripped until you lose him or he goes somewhere else, and then how could you let him go? Um, you know, now I'm, I'm listening. I've been listening lately to uh, the Steelers are packing it in because they got rid of Chase Claypool, and what's that going to do to their offense? Well. Since Claypool went to Chicago, two games, he has three catches for 21 yards. The Bears are 0-2 since the trade. And if you add that to their previous record, they're now 3-7 overall. And I looked it up on NFL.com. The Bears have the fifth worst record in the league based on, you know, the tiebreakers and all that. They, They figure all that out. So that's a top five pick in the second round of the 2023 draft. Um, that's 37th overall. You just spend a 49th overall, get 37th overall. That's a good deal. Um, and as I said, I'm surprised they, they were able to get it. But once a team like that offered it, I think you had to take it. So no bears. No, keep on losing. Just <laughs> always root for the bears to lose every single Sunday, Monday, whenever they play Steelers nation. <laughs> And they, they just lost to the, to the Lions. I know. I mean, I understand <laughs> Justin Fields is lighting it up, and that's, you know, good for them. But um, Chase Claypool isn't a big part of that lighting up, and uh, it hasn't translated into any wins either. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the wind-down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her. Each in women's petite and plus sizes. And Stafford and Mutual Weave for him. Style and comfort for all, even big and tall. Plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Glenn Smith from Fayetteville, North Carolina. Have the Steelers ever traded back in round one of an NFL draft to get more picks? If so, what year did that take place, and who did they select with the extra picks? Okay, since the merger in 1970, NFL-AFL merger, the Steelers have traded down in the first round twice, in 1990 and in 2001. And just so to be clear about this, in both of those instances, the Steelers did that knowing that they were not trading too far back to get to to not be able to still get the guy that they wanted. Okay. So um, you know, since Chuck Knoll was hired, the Steelers have never traded down in the first round just to accumulate more picks, like a lot of teams like to do. Um so, okay, in 1990, the Steelers were picking 17th overall. They traded with Dallas. Dallas was 21st overall, and the Steelers got a pick in the third round to do that. The Steelers used their pick on tight end Eric Green from Liberty. They were confident that he would be there 21st. And then with the extra third-round pick, they picked uh, Craig Vesey, a defensive lineman from the University of Houston. 
<clears throat> with the 17th overall pick, the Cowboys picked a running back you might have heard of, um, Emmett Smith. Mm, yeah, that kind of rings name. a bell. Yeah, he was yeah. decent. He was, de- <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Um, I think you can still find his name in, in some of the <laughs> NFL all-time records too. Okay, going to 2001, the Steelers were 16th overall in that draft. Uh, they traded back with the Jets. The Jets moved up from 19th overall to 16th overall, and they gave the Steelers extra picks in the fourth and sixth rounds to do that. The Steelers used their 19th pick on nose tackle Casey Hampton. Um, you know, Casey Hampton, very good player yes. in franchise history, critical to the success that the Steelers uh, enjoyed in the 2000s. But even at that time, pure nose tackles were just not drafted that highly. I mean, it's just the way that the game at the professional level was evolving. And so, you know, the Steelers traded back a little bit, confident they could get Casey Hampton, and they were able to do that. Um, so with their extra picks, the fourth extra four and the extra six, the Steelers picked uh, tackle Matthias DeQuente, defensive end Rodney Bailey. Um, neither one of those guys was ever even a full-time starter here. Uh, with the 16th overall pick, the Jets used that and selected wide receiver Santana Moss. So looking at the trade, um, all the players who were selected, the Steelers, in my mind, still got the best player, Casey Hampton. Um, and the Jets really didn't, I don't know, didn't uh, hit it out of the park. Yeah, Santana, Santana Moss was Santana okay, Moss. yeah. He was okay, right. Uh, and Matthias DeQuente and Rodney Bailey were just, you know, role players. Paul Q from Columbia, Maryland. It feels like Najee Harris is getting more opportunities based on draft position rather than production. Do you not feel as though Jalen Warren is the better running back option at this point? Okay, uh, in fairness to Paul, <clears throat> I want a uh, full disclosure here. This submission was received before uh, Sunday's game against the Saints, where Najee Harris rushed for 99 yards on 20 carries. Um, but I still feel, you know, uh, it was it's an issue that many Steelers fans had on their minds. I mean, Paul, you are not the only person who believed that uh, Jalen Warren was the better running back. And I disagree with that a thousand percent. You know, Najee Harris has all the tools to be a franchise back in the NFL. Um, and what he's lacking, I think, is some of the, maybe some of the, an understanding of some of the finer points of playing the position. You know, when when is it uh, a smart move for a running back to try to create a big play versus when is it uh, the best move for a running back to simply maybe lower your shoulder, turn up field, and get whatever you can get. So um, there's, there's some time to... To continue to learn that, I think you got to work with him on that. I think he's Najee showed some improvement uh, in that uh, against the Saints. Okay, but you know, let's 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 be serious here. I mean, Jalen Warren, he's a nice addition to the roster. Um, he's a complimentary back, but there's a reason he was an undrafted rookie. Right. I mean, again, I I I like Jalen Warren, but he is you know he's if this were a a comic book, you know, Najee is Batman. Jalen Warren is Robin. You know, you, 
every good crime fighter needs a good sidekick. I get it, but don't don't uh, you know switch them around. Don't don't mess it up. Don't mess up the order. Uh, so, uh, in, in my mind, until Najee Harris either refuses to be coached on some of those finer points that I mentioned, or he ignores what he's being told, or you know any of that kind of stuff, this guy has the pedigree to be a franchise back in the NFL. And so you work with him and you try and develop him. I mean, he's not even two seasons in yet. So, um, you know, benching Najee Harris instead of working with him to me is just laziness. Roy Jones from London, United Kingdom. At what stage does the lack of basic technique stop being the fault of the players and start becoming the fault of the coaches? You know, if, if, if it really was coaching that was the difference, then I could be an NFL player. <laughs> no, I mean, and it, because it's just not. It, it's, Cause they'll coach you, you up know, and you how have, to do it. <laughs> right, yeah, right. I mean, you know, I've said this all the time. I could learn an NFL playbook, but I, I don't think anybody wants me out there on Sundays, you know, because there are just so many other components that go into it besides coaching and learning you know it's it's you have to have a a certain um god-given skill set you know athletic ability um and one of the things that uh is always difficult to evaluate for an nfl team an nfl scouting department is the play is the individual's heart how much does he want it can you make him quit? Will he, um, you know, get tired or out of shape or whatever it might be? You know, he's sucking wind and he doesn't have what it takes inside of him to reach down, to find that little extra, to be able to deliver whatever is needed whenever it's needed. And so I'm not saying that uh, coaching is uh, irrelevant, but when you get to the NFL level, it's always more about talent than scheme or coaching. Um, now, you know, great teachers are the are always end up being the people who have intelligent and motivated students, and so the player has to be willing to do the work that's required to become great. You know, as Chuck Noll always said, "Whatever it takes." What Mike Tomlin always says is, I know what you're capable of, but what are you willing to do? Those are things that a player has to bring to the party. You can't coach a guy to have that whatever-it-takes attitude. He has to have it, and then he has to be willing to uh, develop it and nurture it and all of those things because you can scream at somebody or tell somebody, you know, you have to, you have to want it more. But if they don't want it more, they don't want it more, <laughs> and that's the end of it. So, um, coaching is important, but I just think that uh, too often fans think that it's too much like a video game, where you know you just take the the joystick, you know, and make the guy run faster. Right. Um, that's not that, that it doesn't work that way. So that must be why I never had any great teachers growing up. They were, they were always lacking the intelligent, motivated student part of the equation. 
Could be. Robin Sisak from Jacksonville, Florida asks, on Sundays, there are always a couple of games that start at 4.05 p.m. and a couple of games that start at 4.25 p.m. Why are they staggered like that? Okay, the 4.05 uh, Eastern time games, they start at 4.05 because they're only televised in the local markets of the two teams involved. In other words, nobody else wants to watch those except the fans of those two teams. So that's why they're 405. The games that are 425 are scheduled a little bit later to make sure that they do not um, overlap with the one o'clock games. And they're shown more either regionally or um, nationally. So yeah, it's, it's a determination by the league with cooperation and in conjunction with the broadcast partners to figure out, um, you know, what kind of audience uh, the, the respective games are going to attract. And then the kickoff uh, times are scheduled appropriately. What's your uh, personal favorite kickoff time and why is it 1 PM? <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going to say uh, if, if my very, very favorite would be, uh, 17 Thursday night home games. Yes, I was going to say, I love the Thursday night football because you get your whole weekend, You're off and, on it's, the weekend. and it's yes. Friday the next day instead of a Monday night football game where it's Tuesday and you got the whole week. Right. But but outside of that, uh, yeah, 1 o'clock is, on Sunday is, I mean, that was football when I grew up. Right. Al Pres- Except if we were playing on the West Coast. You know, then you had to go for right, obviously. Right, yeah. You're not going to start at 9 a.m. out on the West Coast. Al Preston from Terra Alta, West Virginia, has our final question today, and he asks, a team is kicking off and tries an onside kick. A member of the receiving team recognizes the attempt and immediately calls for a fair catch. Would the kicking team then have to stay back and allow him the opportunity to catch the ball? Okay, um, you cannot call for a fair catch if the kicked ball bounces if it hits the ground so if you think of all the onside kicks you see um they're not they're i i I don't remember any um kicked up into the air because then you could fair catch it and then the kicking team could not contact um the man who signaled for the fair catch and was making an attempt to field the ball right they always like kick them so they bounce bounce high or, you know, skitter across the ground or whatever. So as soon as the ball hits the ground on the kick, it comes off the tee and bounces on the ground, you can't signal for a fair catch. Or you can, but it doesn't mean anything. So that's that's the answer to that question, and that's why the strategy is um, on an onside kick, you don't kick the ball into the air. Well, that'll do it for this edition of Asked Answered. Always appreciate you guys getting your questions in for us to read and discuss. If you want to be heard on this podcast next week or in the weeks to come, make sure you get your questions into labs right now. steelers Bengals this Sunday at AgriShore, 425 kickoff now instead of the primetime game. So if you haven't heard that news yet, where have you been? But make sure you adjust your schedule accordingly. For Bob Labriola, I'm Tom Opferman, and this has been Asked and Answered. 
Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there.